spit in the bathroom for a little while. Um, as you know, I spit when I'm nervous. <laughs> so, and so then I heard Jul- <clears throat> Julia's voice and I was like, oh my God, she's in the room. <laughs> and, and so after I was done swallowing so much vomit, I was just like, okay, here we go. Welcome and thank you for listening to Almost Almost Famous, the podcast where actors, writers, comedians talk about the ups and downs, ebbs and flows of working towards making it in this crazy biz and how they're almost almost famous. I'm your host, Daniel Acker. Today's guest is starred in Veep, Mike Tyson's Mysteries, Indebted, We Broke Up, and more. It's the hilarious and inevitable household name, Emily Pendergast. That was so nice. Thanks. Of course. <laughs> all true. All true. Oh, Angel. Hi. Hey. Oh my gosh. It's so great to see you. And I always just... I literally just get like a weird, like pump up excitement inside seeing you because I'm like, this is going to be a blast. Yes, I completely agree. I don't know what that is about, but like from day one of like meeting and writing and working together and doing stuff, it was like just, I, maybe I'm overselling it, but I chalk it up to a little bit of a weird Midwest thing. Yes. Like we're both from Ohio and the second we started hanging out, I was just like, oh, we joke and shit talk and discuss things (laughs) in the same manner. Like it is a very just like safe space of like, you get it. 100%. Yeah. It's like, Oh, I see you. Let's do this. Let's get into it. Let's get a little sensitive sometimes. (laughs) Yes. And then, and then just laugh so hard. I mean, I just was telling Corey, my husband that I was like one of my favorite, if not the most, favorite person to write the dumbest dumb dumbs with mm-hmm. ever and and just sitting on that couch with you every, every week was just my favorite we wrote a lot of things that might be categorized as torture to the audience yeah like if somebody even never saw the light of day which is just kind of the magic but it was like other people were like i write with and we get something fun and we like this is good you and i would get together and go let's write something we like when we quickly figured out uh, no one else did (laughs) (laughs) but we what i like about us is we stayed true to that and said okay so we do like this great let's pitch it yep we would pitch a sketch and it became very clear that it was (laughs) just for us because most of the time it would be us like doing something pausing because we're we're laughing on stage like we're just enjoying the pitch of much people in the audience arms crossed wanting this to end I remember, yeah, it was a very early, like, kismet, like, oh, we get this very quickly, same sense of humor. One of the ones that will always stand out is when we <laughs> came up with the two people who stage manage and, like, moving the set pieces, like, an in- in-between fake sketch, but we, it was, <laughs> what, grumpa-sillies? Grumpa-sillies? brim-bit-bitty-bit-dimples. <laughs> now, for the listener who just heard Grumpa Stillies and Brimbibbity Bip Dimples. These were the characters' names. Sure were. They weren't fantastical goblins. (laughs) They were supposed (laughs) to be normal human beings. So you can see already what we're working with. I I can truly remember writing this with you at your apartment. And we were like, because we got caught on stage. And whenever that door closes, the lights come up. Just that's the, that's the, you know, beautiful Scott Bogle's cue that you turn the lights on for the sketch when the door closes 
And you were like, how are we going to get the door closed? And together we thought, oh, Emily, if you just fall in the dark and push the door closed. Oh, my God. And then we hid under desks and tried to move the desks. Just and walking them. Oh, my God. And then begged for them to black it out. Do you remember that? Yes. That was how it ended. (laughs) It ended with us on stage earnestly begging the the booth in the back to cut the lights like truly like such a silly ending and such a simple request to meet so yeah like very quickly we're just like oh yeah these we are the same type of idiots like do you feel like when did you feel like you kind of had that style of sense of humor like where do you think that comes from you know, I've often thought, you know, who are my role models and all those and what types of things that like that spark. But I, and I can truly say my cousins were some of the funniest people that I know forever. And they were able to make like three, eight foot tables pushed together at holiday dinners, you know, laugh and just hold court kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. and we would just, you know, I was like, man, I want, I want to bring that much joy to people and finding that and going like, Oh man, I want to just make people laugh was really important to me. Yeah. And I think there's something interesting about how your first kind of like taste of it is in your circle. It's in your family. And like, for me, it was like family and friends. Like, of course there's like the comedians and actors and performers, like we look up to, but it feels like everyone kind of enjoys a professional comedian who can make them laugh. Yes. But when you see it done in person, just in like Ohio in a place where it's not, you know, LA or New York, and you just go, oh, this is universal. This is like at any moment you can say something funny and you can be funny. Yes, I totally agree. Yeah. And man, when I, I still remember like, you know, if I could make the, the Tony and Richie, my cousin, like if I could make them laugh, I was like, I was just on cloud nine for a while, you know, and God, yeah, yeah, they were the funniest. Yeah. The highest praise at times is making the people that make you laugh, laugh. For sure. Now, when did you start kind of acting and doing comedy? Were you like someone who always did like theater as a kid or was that just like a later in life development? For so long, I think I was so nervous to say that this is something that I, you know, always wanted. And because it's that protecting, you know, you're, you're protecting your gross ego, but it's a part of you. And, um, and so, you know, I, as many people, like I, I loved SNL and I, you know, and I, I would quote it with, and I would videotape myself doing like Adam Sandler characters and like, and just recreate their sketches. And so I always loved doing that. My, my sisters are six and eight years older than me. And so I, I would take their dance costumes and they didn't want to play with this weird kid. And so I would take their dance costumes and I would just have talk shows of different characters interviewing my cat, Susie, and I would film it. And so it's something I always wanted to do. And I remember there was like some theater class in, or like a drama class in high school that was just like an elective. And one day we did an improv day and I was like, oh, whoa, like just a thought made someone laugh, you know, or like, just like, we just came up with that. And that was truly like the only improv I ever did. I never made any plays in middle school and high school, you know, saying true, I'm just a real, not, not a real talent back then. And, um, 
I, I think the only play I ever was in was West Side Story. And it was because I think they felt bad for me. And my mom worked at the high school. And so I was a jet and a shark. And so I was just a filler. Oh, God. I just picture a scene where they come and face each other. And you're forced to, like, run around the back of the stage to the other side. Go, yeah. And then run back around and be like, we're going to fight. What do you say? Yeah. <laughs> just so out of breath. It's like you're a jet all the way, unless you're that one. That one is allowed to be whatever. <laughs> She's still making her mind up. Yeah. So interesting. Like, it seems like you felt it or knew you wanted to do it. But like, like I said, like, there aren't as many avenues or didn't feel like it. And also like growing up, that never felt like, oh, that's a thing you do. Yeah, for sure. And I, you know, I went to college and held the most weird majors because nothing was making me happy and I was like I mean yeah this is fine you know I guess now if I remember correct wasn't your major hostage negotiation (laughs) (laughs) it sure was um criminal psychology was a focus on hostage negotiation so you can see how I got from point A to B yeah I mean we don't need any follow-ups on that (laughs) that, I put that under like most unique original majors because like all like people I interview or everyone I talk to, it's either like a theater major, a film major, maybe psychology, maybe anthropology, like certain business, maybe. This is just like, if someone says they have that major, I assume they're going to be a hostage negotiator. Like, it's almost like you don't go that path without going like, let's, you know, talk to some. I've figured out what I want to do. Yeah, it seems like a very clear, like, I'm studying this with a focus in this, meaning like, that's a passion. What, right. Was it sort of like just kind of it started to snowball and was like, this is a thing. I'm supposed to pick a path and it's all good. But you were just like, I don't ever yes. want to have to talk someone dead. First of all, can you imagine this voice no, doing that? Yeah. Um, hi, do you mind? Please <laughs> let him go. Like It would literally be the end of the sketch when we're begging for the blackout. Like you would just be like, please, sir. Please, we can't give you money. We can't do that. I'm so sorry to bother you. <laughs> Let all of them go. <laughs> like, what? Has there been any things from that major that, like, unaware to you, like, have been beneficial to oh my gosh. acting and the business and anything like that? I'd just be curious. No, for sure. I think, you know, like, with all psychology, there's just getting to the root of why someone's doing something which I think is so important for character and point of view and just like not even character point of view but like my own point of view of Mm. what I think's funny too and go like well why did I just go down that you know spiraling mindset or like why do I think that's funny and I think when I can tap into that little nugget of why then like it just explodes and I go oh my gosh there's a whole other world down here too I can explore but yeah, I, I was taking a bunch of, like, I was, I, do you remember the TV show Crossing Jordan? Uh, vaguely. I was obsessed with this show and I was like, that, that's it. That's what I'm going to do. I guess I'm going to, I'm going to work in like whatever she does <laughs> instead of focusing on like, oh, I'm, I'm playing with friends and we're playing make believe. Like, I was like, that just makes me happy. Who would have thought that you could have a whole career you know yeah you don't want to do anything that makes you happy no i want to study i want to study dead bodies yeah 
crossing Jordan, holding sway on, on people. I also love that, like, you saw this show and were like, I want to do what that person's doing, but didn't also dissect it to go, she's acting. Right. <laughs> she's an actress on a TV show. It's not like, you know, you walked around at, like a police agent or something and saw a hostage negotiator and like met him in person. Like, wow, I really like this real person doing this job. You no. saw an actress and were like, I want to do the thing she's pretending <laughs> Not the thing she's actually doing right now, which is pretending. Right. I love it. What a a simpler headspace I was in. Yeah. So you come out here and you start doing the groundlings. And like you said, you find your people. And I think too, I'm finding like improv is such a magic lightning in a bottle for life too, you know, and like, I'm, I'm such a people pleaser by Midwest bones, you know, of Mm -hmm. like, with improv, it makes you more decisive and it makes you more um, say what you mean, mean what you say or don't say anything at all. Like let's, let's, let's just trim the fat a little bit, you know? And, and so in a way of like what led me to improv, like improv is now like teaching me so much about life too. Yeah. I, I agree wholeheartedly. Now over the years, have you personally come up with a definition of success for yourself? I think it's ever changing too. You know, that goalpost is always moving and I, I heard someone once say, you know, like, you just want to be invited to the party. You know, you just want to be invited to the party. And for so long, you know, I think we have, we have such in, just massively talented, brilliant friends too. And it's, I pride myself on having, they just get so excited for those people, you know, and like, and, but then still, you know, like, you're like looking from the outside and you're like, God, if I could just get to that party, it would just be so great, you know? And then when you get to the party, you go, oh, fuck, how do I stay at this party? You know? Right. And so as opposed to just going like, oh, I'm going to go to the bar and have a drink and enjoy this for a while, you know? Mm-hmm. And so yeah. actively changing that. And I think kind of comparing the word success and accomplishment like hits me too a lot mm-hmm. of the times of like, you know, I've accomplished blank. And I think a lot of heartbreak is masking accomplishment too for a while of like there's there's thing there's times where my heart was just ripped out of my chest with jobs or you know and but now I can go like that was a massive accomplishment I got to do blank you know and be Mm -hmm. proud of myself as opposed to like letting the negative crap steer that ship yeah so for you it sounds like success can sometimes be a little too tied to the result or Yes. the invite or getting there and being there and accomplishments are noticing the joy throughout it. I think that's, yeah, that was so much um, better put. Yeah. I'll just, I'll just have my answer, but I think there's like, it's, that is the learning curve. That is the thing that's we're in this business where it always, there's, it always feels like the next thing, the new goalpost, the next party, which is troubling because it's, it's motivating. There's some yeah. good to it. And there's also some detriment when you have to be like, oh, like you can't, you, you get to the party and someone's like, we're going to so-and-so's house. And you're just like, I just got here. I, just, like, I found a good parking spot. Yeah. Like we're going to have to move, but you kind of do need that energy. But I do think it is important to, like you said, go to the bar or chat with the people at this party, you know, like, yes. I, it takes a lot of time, but like, I'm sure you've, like, you've kind of hinted at or mentioned like the, the accomplishments are the auditions and the steps moving forward. 
Mm-hmm. If you don't book it or you don't get that thing or you fall on your face or you feel like you really blew an opportunity, they're all accomplishments. Do you have moments uh, where you feel like the accomplishments and successes kind of align where you quote unquote feel like you've made it or hit milestones for yourself? I think milestones is resonates so much with me. You know, gosh, I feel like I would get real complacent if I was like, cool, made it. You know, like um, even I feel like in any job, but especially this kind of job, I, so like milestones, getting into Growlings and feeling at home there and then making Sunday company and, and finding my voice and then getting into main company was a massive accomplishment and getting to work on Veep was like something that I still can't believe is real, you know, and that was such an accomplishment. And then getting to test for SNL was an accomplishment. And that was a heartbreak that I've now gotten see through positive lens of going like, oh my God, if I could just tell that weird eight-year-old in her sister's dance costumes that she gets to eventually do something like this, like just and be herself and be proud of herself, that's humongous. So that milestone and, but again, like, I think sometimes I get in that trap of going, what's next, what's next, what's next? Mm -hmm. And then that can really cloud enjoying the party because yeah the the what what's next is always there it's just the perspective is either are you looking at what's next fearfully like nothing's Mm -hmm. gonna come and it's all over and it's done or you like what's next with like a like confident positive like i know something's next so we'll see what it is and like i i jostle back and forth between the two often where you're just like yeah 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 something's coming and then it's like "Eh, is something like are you trying to trick me? But like, when? When yeah, like, is it? Can I get a date? Yeah. I'd love to pencil love- you. <laughs> so let's talk about, honestly, if you don't mind, those two huge milestones. We'll start with like, you got to like go out and audition Tess on SNL, which is yeah. incredible. And I guess, what is your process for prepping for stuff like that? What do you do? I'd never been so nervous and excited for something like that. And I ran my set without exaggeration, 200 times, you know, like just constantly. And I, I felt I was constantly rewriting and editing it. And then eventually I just was like, this is it. This is what I want to do. I ran it for friends that I could, you know, and um, (laughs) sweet baby Corey listened to it all 200 times. And I, I think I just had to get in this headspace of like, I wouldn't change a thing all of this feels like I'm doing me came off that stage. I FaceTimed Corey. I bawled my eyes out and I was so proud of myself because I did it exactly the way I wanted to do it. That's incredible. Like that's the goal is to be able to do you so fully uh, getting Veep. What an incredible thing. I remember I was overjoyed. Like, thank you. Also, there's something gotta be like pretty cool. Like it was, you were in the final season, right? Yes. And I don't know, did you watch the show? Leah? Yes. So it's like a big fan. It's crazy to be like, I'm a fan, I'm a fan, I'm a fan, I'm in it. To be yeah. like, it's probably like a mix of like excitement and nerves to be like, I know how great this is. <laughs> yes. And suddenly you're like in there in the frame going, do not like, if it was me, I would be like, do not be the thing that people go, Veep was great until that one person <laughs> showed <laughs> I loved everything in Veep and then they brought in like that one character. It was awful. Yeah. And that was not the case for you. You were Thank you. and just like 
seamlessly fit right into the world and like it was just so much fun but like thanks Daniel yeah we've talked about a little bit but like what a true milestone amazing moment to be like oh I'm in this thing oh my gosh and I forever am indebted to those people I remember going to that chemistry test and I um, I was, you know, such a fan of like Jonah and and Tim Simons is a delight of a human and has become a friend and just, I mean, he, the dude's awesome. And I remember, I don't think my brain let me go there to the point that Julia Louis-Dreyfus would be in the room. Like I just, I truly never had that thought. Like I was like, she's, I never was like, I wonder if she'll be there. Not, never even crept into my brain. And so when, you know, I'm sitting also in this waiting room with five other women that I know they're all their resumes. So I was like, I'm going to go spit in the bathroom for a little while. Um, as you know, I spit when I'm nervous. <laughs> so, and so then I heard Ju- <clears throat> Julia's voice and I was like, Oh my God, she's in the room. <laughs> and, and so after I was done swallowing so much vomit, I was just like, okay, here we go. And we did two of the scenes and I, and she, she's like, let's improvise a little bit from the couch. And she like interviewed Jonah and Beth. Uh, like, and I just remember leaving again, feeling just like, oh my gosh, if nothing comes from this, I just got to improvise with um, Tim Simons and with Julia Louis-Dreyfus in front of Dave Mandel. Like that's the win. It's amazing. There's no one in the like TV comedy business that's more top tier than Julia Louis Dreyfus. She Come is on. the She's most decorated actress. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> what are we doing here? They just so graciously, not only like welcomed me to play in the sandbox with them, but like made space for me to like play with them. And I just, I'm forever, I'm forever grateful. It's, it's, I, I sometimes can't believe that it happened. Yeah, no, it's. Believe it, it happened. It was wonderful. It was fantastic. I'm always curious with my friends because it's like, where do they fall in this? Do you have or have you thought of like becoming rich and famous? Like where does your head go if you daydream about that? Or do you just go, that's not really like, I don't really care about that. Or are you like, no, I want that yesterday. I want that number one on my IMDb pro. (laughs) Okay. Today. I've always had an odd relationship with like, feeling, oh, is that okay if I like want to make money? Is that, you know, and I'm like, well, no, you do because it's, you need money, you know? Mm -hmm. And I fantasize about having enough money to be out with friends and going, I got this. Mm -hmm. Like nothing makes me happier to think about that. I think seeing that like that ebb and flow and it comes and goes and it's always changing too, like not holding that money too tightly. of like, I need this, I need this. Oh my God, I need it. You know? And just going like, let's, I think it's a really peaceful place that I've had to work towards of like, no, I, I would like to be paid for this because <laughs> I, cause I need money. And also, I mean, I think it's, you know, there's, there's so many, so many platforms now too that I also think the quote unquote word famous has changed and like, and, and has shifted as well. Like there's wonderful, talented people on shows that, a lot of people will never see because there's just one million kajillion shows too, you know? And so in my mind, if I can be on, if I can be doing something that I love so much, and if that resonates with one person, like at a 
at some place that's like, oh my God, I loved that. I'm like, cool. You know, yeah. like mm-hmm. I don't, I don't ever, I don't think that's a driving force of anything. And I also don't think it is for any of our friends, but like, I think what, what a fun, what a fun perk. You know, rich meaning comfortable and having enough money. And there is like the, I got this, Ugh, such a great, just such a great sentence to be able to say and, and not sweat afterwards and not be like, I actually don't have this. I just <laughs> try yeah. to seem cool. Um, yeah, that's a great feeling. And then, yeah, like the, what is, what is being famous mean now? Or what type of fame do you have? Like, you don't want to become famous for like, I'm a lady ranting in a grocery store. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Don't, you don't want to, like, there's certain things where like, yeah, you might become known, but at what cost? I feel like, I mean, one thing I clocked early with us working together and hanging out was like, I feel like, again, back to the Midwest thing, I was like, I think I like, I could see like you in like, you know, down, being demure, downplaying stuff. And I was like, this is bullshit. Like, I know you know you're good. Like, I was like, I was just, <laughs> it always kind of me up because I feel like I can see it so much in like, you know, like early performances and other things. Like, and even when we were like, I was like telling you about the podcast and you're like, oh, here's my credits, but you don't have to say anything. It's all stupid. I don't do anything. It's just like, get out of here. It's like, yeah. like this, like, and I'm just like, oh, what an interesting thing because like we have like almost opposite takes at times because I can be very much just like, yeah, I know I'm good at this thing I'm about to do. Like, it's just like, and some people might be like, oh, I don't like that. And you- No, I love that you can. <laughs> you have moments where we'd be like backstage and like, I don't know. I don't know if it's good. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Stop it with this. It's like, yeah. it's very like, it's like Meryl Streep accepting an Oscar, you know, like me. Yeah. You. <laughs> Can I read the card to make sure please? Yeah. I, oh, this is crazy. <laughs> also is that, that's my Meryl Streep person. <laughs> well, you said like, okay. Impression. Yeah. 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 No, and thank you for saying that. I I actively have to work on just going like thank you and not going like um oh yeah, okay goo goo and it you know I I truly it I promise with every ounce of me it's not like that false crap. Like I'm I'm actively trying to talk myself into it as well, you know, and yeah, it doesn't feel like a faux, humble sincerity. Like, oh, oh my God. God, me? Oh, oh. <laughs> like, it feels genuine. And then I just have moments where I just go, knock it off. <laughs> Which is, I need that. Like, and I loved when you would do that. Yeah, because it's just like, I get the nerves. I get it. But like, this is your house. Like, you know, like, you know, at a certain point, it's like, it's okay to like, show people around. man that's I love that yeah as as going back to the metaphor like there are times you are the host of the party Emily you know what I mean like you don't have to be invited when it's your party like you know like you are allowed to just say hi to the guests yeah thank you for saying that and no and I do like I so appreciate that and I would I loved when you'd be like hey shut up you know I'd be like thank you you know, you're right. Right. Thank you so much. You know, and like, and enjoy it. There's enough people in the world that are going to say no to you. Like, don't be one of them for yourself. (laughs) That is a huge life lesson for anyone at any time. Yeah. It's tough enough. If, If you have zero people in your corner, zero cheerleaders, zero support, be the one. 
Yes. Like whenever you're like, I don't think anyone likes what I'm doing. Just go, but I like it. I like me. I like what I'm doing. That's like, that is huge. Huge. Just get to the place where you can kind of like find that core and be like, eh, there'll be doubts or I won't be as comfortable in certain things or, you know, I've had a bad audition or a bad moment or something didn't work out. But at the core, you got to go, I know why I'm doing this. It's mm-hmm. the psychology. It's the why. It's like for whatever your why is, like, even if it is like, I'm going to be rich and famous or I love it or I can't do anything else in this world. Yeah, for real. Totally. Because yeah, you have, God, you have to believe in yourself, even in those like darkest days that we have that are, you know, and reminding yourself it's not forever, you know, that's, it's, it's, you're going to come out of this and, you know, not to have like a pessimistic approach to it, but like even the highs are not forever. So like you have to know it's always going to be changing. The lows don't last and the highs don't last. Right. So in the lows, you know, head down, grind, push through mm-hmm. it. In the highs, recognize them, be present, love them, and then go, this wave is about to crash. <laughs> yeah. Brace yourself. Yes. God, yeah. Um, well, Emily, now's the time in the podcast where we oh. invite out the special guest, Raz Clifford. Just, just so you know, this is the reason I'm doing the podcast. Yeah, this is the reason I think a lot of people are doing it. I have a lot of sick friends who love <laughs> to get roasted. Let's bring out Raz Clifford. Okay, Raz, come on out. Oh, whoa. We got Emily Pendergast on the podcast. This is incredible. I thought she could only be summoned during a blood moon in the autumnal solstice. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, folks, what can be said about Emily that hasn't already been said about diarrhea? (laughs) Emily is what happens when gas station Funyuns make a wish to be human. Now, Emily, I've seen your work and she gets very deep in her role. So I'm only, I can only assume that you're one of those like method actors. (laughs) No, I'm sorry, I misspoke. She's a meth head actor. (laughs) That makes a lot more sense because she is pure garbage. So, Emily, I need you to go back to the seventh layer of hell known as Ohio because you just got razzed. Oh, God, I'm sweating. Thank you so much, Raz. Please do not talk to me. Do not look at me. I wish you nothing but the worst luck in life. All right. Bye. Oh, Bye, Raz. Oh. oh, that guy. That means so much to me. <laughs> and I could kill for some Funyuns. <laughs> yeah. I, razzing is my love language. <laughs> I recently, this is very fun, for a mutual friend of ours, I, they asked me to razz them at their wedding. Oh my gosh. So Colin, I think I saw, yes, I think I saw, oh, that's the dream for Razzford. Amazing. But I, as Daniel, I had to inquire, like, are you sure? <laughs> This yeah. is your wedding weekend. Like, do you really want someone to point out all your flaws into your whole family? And on, your, on your, you know, arguably the most precious day. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. And then, of course, like, this cracked me up because they're like, but also, like, maybe don't make fun of this or that. You know, like, of course, yeah. please give me. But there were certain things where I was just like, why would I ever make, like, I was like, have enough faith in me as a person. Control right. your character. That it's not like, 
it's not like the mask and I put something on and suddenly like I have no more control over like what I've written or what I'm doing. Yeah. It was just like, yeah, I'm not going to say that about those guests. I'm not going to do these things, but thanks for, for yeah. the warning. God, um, that's so fun. Oh my gosh. I bet that, oh, what a perfect thing for Colin's wedding. Oh, uh, it was, it was a real, it was just a blast. I was I'm so, sure. so honored to, to just, mercilessly roast them oh my god well um if you outlive me will you razz me next to my coffin oh yeah okay well i doubt raz would go that's true <laughs> no he would probably go to make sure it happened yeah okay but, she is dead okay. okay yeah he'd open the casket what is a, a character or characters of yours that you feel like that's that's me that's <sighs> It's funny you ask that because when you were talking about that, I had like little flashes of moments that I was helped push into uncomfortable being, you know, like uncomfortable characters for me that I was like, I don't want to do that. And Karen at Groundlings, she was like, you need to write like a more feminine character. Like try that. You don't have, like you've got a bunch of like just dumpster kids, you know? And when she did that, wowie wowie did my world open up too you know of like cause she's like your take on this is because I was like I don't know if that's gonna be fun like I don't know what's fun about that mm-hmm. and and she was like you need to figure out your take on it and so truly like in doing that then I felt comfortable in the skin of that character not to sound gross but like or like my own skin in doing those characters that I could play that role on beep you know that I wasn't like I need to <laughs> I to make her have a weird voice, you know, right. like, like I love, I love playing those just like, kind of like, I don't know. I, I, you know, you know that I love playing like a, just a, a drunk, obnoxious girl, you know, and that almost like doesn't have a filter. And, but then I also, I love to, I love to play like, just like that salt of the earth, <laughs> just like, kind of you know again doesn't have a filter but more of like I don't know lack of a better word like growy you know kind of thing right, and yeah. like yeah I, I think playing up to almost like impressions of yourself or different qualities of yourself too is really fun and maybe ones that you don't love of you're like oof this people pleasing aspect of me is gnarly what happens if I make a character where that's the thing that's leading the charge? Right, where that's turned up a notch. Yeah, yeah, I feel like it's realizing that something outside your comfort zone is still well within your comfort zone. You know, yeah. it's like, you know, uh, Karen to be like, you gotta play someone more feminine. Because like, I feel like your character aesthetic for so long was probably just like hair up, baseball cap, <laughs> mud on your cheek, you know, yeah. like just like... Like, literally, I could see you being like, oh, in like a, a kid's movie being like the girl hanging with the guys who takes her hat off and they're like, she's a girl? Yeah. <laughs> was like what? very much like, like, oh, I like this, like, kind of this area that's almost like tomboyish, like one of the guys. But yes. then you also have that other side where it's just like, oh, yeah, play the, like, ingenue, attractive girl who's, like, suddenly hosting the party. You know, like, you yeah. have those levels. So, like. Thank you. That's yeah. It's always fun when you kind of add a little like quiver to your bow and arrow, like another skill to your. Totally. Yeah. And I, you know, I think too, like so many times we would talk about this too, of like, you know, when you're playing someone and just even if one person recognizes 
that person as someone in their life and you just hear like it, the softest, like, oh God, you know, I'm like, oh, that's perfect. We got Great. someone. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I love, I love that, that little, rec- that little recognition of going like, oh, this kind of person annoys you too. Let's go on this ride together. Like that's probably why our stuff didn't always work because no one recognized <laughs> anyone we were playing. <laughs> These weren't people. Because they were so specific. I mean, <laughs> we, we don't Grumpus have to go into Chili's. Grumpa Silly's Brim Bibbity Bib Dimples <laughs> is such a great name. It, and yeah. We did get we did get some stuff in. So for the listeners, we did have some stuff and we I mean Publishers Clearinghouse <laughs> at I mean we don't need to go in the lines, but like, oh my god. Just the most childish humor lines ridiculous. Speaking of Colin, yeah. Yeah. Um, it can shimmy out. Yeah. So. And another one that we got was the love at first kiss. Yes. Where oh we God. just licked tongues. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. Of course, playing again, people that there was, my character's name was <laughs> Gandrew. <laughs> Gandrew. So Andrew with a G, last name Toofs, T O O F S. forgot about that oh god i want to now i want to i need to know what pine was i just oh god i just remember us coming out to try to kiss every (laughs) and and we would bow to each other yeah (laughs) yeah painful for the audience again because no one was sitting there going like uh my he's just like my friend gandrew (laughs) like no uh-oh, a play on the Toofs family. <laughs> oh, man, everyone knows a Toof. No, you don't. I want to ask you, because I've been asking everybody, inevitably when you're on a late night talk show, what would be a story you'd want to tell? I once was at a um, callback for a coffee creamer commercial. And um, and so, you know, commercial callbacks when there's like I'm like the director and the client of that coffee creamer and they're sitting on the couch and just, you know, you're performing for them. And we had to pour coffee creamer to dance and to dance to like, um, like I, th- I think it was a Wu-Tang song. And, the, and that song was not playing. So I just had to imagine it. And as I was jamming, pouring coffee creamer, the client leaned over to the director and said, well, definitely not her. And I had about 30 <laughs> seconds left. And I left going like, okay, okay. So you're saying there's a chance. Okay, I'll be waiting for the avail phone call. <laughs> now, in that moment, which is like, this is like that horror story that like the reason people don't want to be actors is like, yeah, yeah. that shit happens. We're like, yes. audibly you hear, no. <laughs> like, like. First off, the fact that that person isn't aware, like, there isn't music playing. Like, it's not, they're not muffled. They're just saying, definitely not her. You're in, you're not in a different room because you're on a different piece of furniture. Yeah. Did you, when you hear that, have any moment to, like, change up what you're doing to try to slay it? (laughs) Like, was it, do you think it was the poor? Do you think it was the dancing or just your general essence? Like, what is (laughs) I think it's my essence. Um, I think I poured it perfectly. The coffee cream ratio poured it perfectly. My essence <laughs> turned them off. I I think too. I think you and I have talked about this, you know, uh, in depth of like 
there are moments and I'm so glad you had the reaction of laughing to that story too, because there's so many moments that I think that when you retell a story, someone goes, Oh my God, that's horrible. And I'm like, Oh no, it's hilarious. Yeah. Like I, that's hilarious to me. And so I just, I remember like laughing about it, leaving and being like, I was so clearly not the choice for them. And what's funny is the person leaning over saying definitely not her has a hint of like, they're almost mad that you got called back. Like, I don't know yeah. who made that choice. There How was did this happen? I, yeah, I had a commercial audition where I, I was supposed to be someone who like plays football. Great. Great. <laughs> or like had played or like was gonna like, it was like, a, you know, some like Walmart-esque like backyard, you're throwing the pigskin around. Yeah. And literally I go in with like three other guys, so there's four of us. And the, like, it's one of those things where like, slate your name and they tell us your like football experience. And I'm yeah. like, okay, I'll just say like, you know, two hands up with friends growing up. No joke. It was like, played for the Jets defensive line. <laughs> Like Oklahoma Sooners, all of like linebacker, like all these things. And then like literally I could see the camera pan down. I was gonna say. And I was just like, I don't do it around. <laughs> it was like I couldn't even like they knew. I I know what football is. Yeah. And literally like the like in the thing, it was like, okay, so you're gonna have the ball, toss it to him. You kind of move over the and we're in a small room, move her this way. And Daniel just like be open. <laughs> Oh, okay. I get it. It's Got fine. It. Find your window, Daniel. Yeah, just you see where the camera is. Just be in there. Um, oh, that's awesome. You have upcoming things you're looking forward to. I know you said you had a thing called "We're Doing Good." Yeah, I just did this this really awesome director writer himself, Vera. She wrote this series called "We're Doing Good," and so then that there we just filmed that, and and then. The HBO show White House Plumbers is coming out, and I get to do a little thing on that, which is so, yeah. So exciting and so wonderful. Not all surprising. Emily, so good to see you, and thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Almost Almost Famous. And thank you for everyone listening. I've been your host, Daniel Acker, and this has been Almost Almost Famous. (laughs) 